0: Here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people, so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Ruffele and this is the Success Patterns Show. And welcome everyone. You are here at the right place at the right time. Happy Tuesday. It is time for the Success Patterns Show. Um, where we go and look at some of the lessons of what worked and what didn't work. And we're here at the Center of NLP where we put the do in learn, do, teach. My name is Brigitte Hufele, the founder of the Success Patterns Movement and the CEO of the Center of NLP. And I have a few other hats. Uh, Being the wife of the culture guy is one of them and being a mom to Amelie and Anna, which is my highest purpose is the other. And uh, I uh, big, big shout out to my girls who are just absolutely incredible human beings all in their own right. So, you know, I get people and they ask me when I um, have a conversation around the success patterns, move in the success pattern show, they say, what is a success pattern? Well, let's look at the definition of pattern is an example for others to follow. And can we agree that set success is an interesting thing? It shapes its meaning within each individual success seeker, if you will, because it's not limited to either business or personal life. It is a unique concept. And in this success pattern show, we give you the scaffolding to build your own empire in this unique concept. Because When you can decode a pattern that led to other people's success, aka our guest experts, you can then, as the listener, encode it for your own success today. And because we're hardwired for hands-on application by a living teacher, we're here to give it to you straight from the source, our guest experts. And I am so excited about the guest expert that I have today. And I say this every week, and it's true every week. I am super, super happy and honored for the person that I am bringing to you as a guest expert today, as we are modeling these success patterns. You know what, when we model success patterns, it's not all sunshine, right? There are going to be, and and we have people, we've talked about this before, that have gone through the shadows, through the hard times, and I think we all have, in order to get to next level of success. Success is yours. Uh, At the end of this show, we're going to have a special gift for you. So stay till the end. Today's a great show. We got an incredible person that is here and we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk motivation because those are the key factors of success. And um, we're going to go deeper and and th- this person that i'm about to introduce to you is he loves to work on the inner game so the outer works i'm 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 paraphrasing what he told me but i love that inner and outer game and it starts with our inner game so it shows up on the outer his purpose is to use his knowledge Creativity and humor to uplift and inspire and educate others. And oh boy, are you in for a ride? His journey to self-mastery is uh beautiful uh to not just listen to but but to also model and to learn from. So, ladies and gentlemen, with a big standing ovation, I bring to you the one, the only Nate Delahoya from Carpenatum Podcast. Hey. hey Nate. You
1: Thank you so much for the wonderful intro, Brigida.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here with me. Now, Nate and I, we go, I'm going to say way back, but you're not even that old, so I can't say that.
1: 2016, maybe? I believe we've known each other for about five or six years now.
0: That sounds about right. That sounds about right. And um, when we met, Nate and I were both learners. And, and I would say, Nate, that's still true today.
1: Absolutely. I feel like my hunger for knowledge has never ceased. And it's come from a very young point of view. Because when I was very, very young, I felt like the world was very interesting and how it was set and how I am built and how, when I'm comparing myself to other kids, I was like, why is this kid like this? Why is this person like this? Why is this teacher like that? And since from a very, very young age, I've just been curious of like how, do people work because to better understand others is to better understand oneself. And it's always been a journey of self-discovery and self-mastery that I've now been able to really sharpen a sword and really get into like deeper conversations, deeper understandings. Uh, but that hunger for knowledge has just never given up since very, very, very young.
0: So was that fostered through your, through your um, home life?
1: I'm not 100% sure. There was something about the way my parents made love during the time I was conceived that made me the way I am. I don't understand what it is, but from a very, very young age, I I knew that I was um, very self-aware and... Mm -hmm. I just didn't fit in with my peer groups because I was having these ideas and thoughts that were just too high level for people in like second grade, right? And it, it's weird for a young kid to be able to hold conversations with adults, but I've always had like the gift of gab.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I this awareness that I have that people are a certain way, I guess it really comes from like trying to understand like why my parents were the way they were, why my grandparents were the way they were. I just had this need to know, to understand why people behave the way they do. And it's turned into from like, okay, how do other people act? And how do I act? Because of course it was, you know, I can see people doing actions and and saying things, whether constructive or destructive, but then I never turned it on myself until I really discovered personal development, uh, the millionaire mind experience neurolinguistic programming, all these things that I later learned in life ended up really helping with not only understanding how people work around me, but how my brain is currently working, how it chooses to see the world and how it chooses to see how I choose to see myself, situations, relationships, it, I feel like and I genuinely believe that everything in my current reality stems from the thoughts that I have about my reality. And that little bit of shift in focus and that little bit of knowledge really puts the power back into the hands of the people, and this is my mission to then teach others the same thing: the power to shape everything around you starts with the inner game, the mind, and I'm sure you yeah. can relate to that too.
0: I relate to that uh, very much so, and that's why we have such great conversations. And and I'm you know am I'm, I'm curious because I educate like you, you educate adults, I educate adults. But I also educate children. And I'm always curious, what did the adults around you when you were little, what did they do? Because if we could model that and if we could like almost package that and give it to other adults, hey, it worked. Whatever mom and dad have made did, it worked. So let's, let's, let's take that and let's, you know, package it and give it to others and go, rather than you talking down to your child or telling them that they're stupid or, you know, um, diminishing their light or whatever you want to call it, do what Nate and and, uh, Nate's parents did. I I
1: probably wouldn't recommend that because they, they fought (laughs) constantly. And I've seen a lot of like turmoil and just very reactive behaviors as a child and because i saw those things and i was able to have an awareness of it it was almost like let's do the opposite aha so okay. you know i i didn't, my parent i love both my parents and they did the best that they could with the knowledge and resources that were available to them at the time they have grown up since and my relationship with them now is much more genuine and heartfelt and loved compared to when I was a kid, it was more tumultuous, it was a little bit more difficult to really grasp the idea, especially my relationship with my father, because he was a very big, tough man. And I was more of like a soft, kind of introspective type person. So it was very hard to establish a relationship with him. But because of all the things that I saw, it made me want to not imitate, but do it better. How can I have a relationship that's better than the one that my parents have? How can I not make the same mistakes as my grandparents did? And, you know, I love my grandparents. My grandfather made my grandmother cry constantly, but she loved that man to death and even after. So there was things I had to pick and choose. And then through personal development, as well as books and educating myself and having an awareness, I was like, okay, these things work. These things don't. Let's apply these things, correct and continue and really try, and I guess if you really understand something, you're able to then teach it to others.
0: Well, yes, right? What I said in the intro, we put the do in learn, do, teach, and in order to teach it to others, you first have to do it, understand it yourself. Um, There is something very specific of what you said that looking at, and it's almost like an enlightened moment when you were a child, of I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it this way, so I'm going to go and do it the exact opposite way. But just doing it the exact opposite way is one thing. How can I do it better? So what have – I would love to go back into little little Nate's uh, um, past and just have a conversation with him, and I'd love to do it, do that now. What did – what would you, which resource or which learning or which insight would you bring to little Nate today?
1: Let's see. An insight that I would bring to little Nate is, and I've had this conversation through a NLP exercise where you go back in time and you have conversations. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you go back and you correct or fix the, the, the inner child. And I've had that moment with my inner child where the earliest memory I have is me sitting in front of the TV. My mom is behind me. And I believe she was talking to my grandfather or maybe it was her sister. But this early memory was just me hearing my mom tell me that the doctors think I'm sick, that the doctors don't think that I'm going to grow, that I'm very small, that I'm not eating, that there's all these things wrong with me. And I think that implanted something where it became a core belief that there is something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And as a young child to then adopt that thinking it then overtook most of my actions and all of my behaviors because anytime I did something and I didn't get the reaction that I wanted the first thought in my head was there is something wrong with me and this is proof so something I would tell my younger self would be that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you you are perfect exactly the way that you are You will continue to grow and you will continue to mature. And even though you will go through hard times where you stand today, as I am right now, it'll all be worth it.
0: So there's a compassion and there's an insight. And I hear that often, especially when I work with parents and and children, you know, when, when I hear parents go, what's wrong with you? What's, what's right with you? So, what's right with Nate?
1: Oh, so many things. He has a fantastic <laughs> smile. He has a very energetic personality. He could hold the conversation above his uh, his education level or wherever he was. You know, I loved talking with older kids and uh, adults because I felt like I could actually have conversations with them compared to kids. Like I, they were just not on the same level as me. And I know that's a little arrogant, but it was true because I didn't belong with my peers. I They wanted to bump me up uh, a couple of grades but i would have been the smallest in the class and they feared for my physical well-being so they just kept me in the grade whatever i was in
0: so your mind was big but your body was small tiny tiny and then how did you did you compensate that at any point
1: oh yeah all day <laughs> so like all my personality traits are because i never i felt inferior i felt very inferior mm. in my whole life because I was the tiniest kid in the class. I was the shortest. I was either the fattest or the, um, you know, I wasn't the the best looking kid. So I'm like, all right, that's not going to work for me. So I really have to develop something that is going to benefit me. And that was communication. Now in my adult life, I know that communication is the most vital tool in your arsenal to shape the world around you, all your relationships, everything that you do, uh, everything that you have and the world around you, the way you see it starts with a conversation, whether it be with yourself or um, mostly actually with, with the conversations you have with yourself, what you tell yourself in private or when no one else is hearing or, or watching you. Those things really do create the reality around you and to to come from a place of what's wrong with you instead of like what's right with you. Yeah. is such a difference in outlook of how the world around you is. And I'm glad you brought that up because that tiny little shift in perspective changes an entire world.
0: Yes. Yeah. And 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 it's right there if we have the lenses to look at the other side, like you did. And you seem to have those lenses even when you were little. I don't want to go in that direction. I want to go in the other direction, Right. I don't want to I don't want to focus on and I don't know if you were you were certainly not cognitively aware of it um, or cognizant of it but you you knew that going in that same direction would not be what was modeled to you as a young child would not have been a good way for you to go Absolutely now, The gift I, I love what you said earlier that you have the gift of gap. Now does anyone else in your family have the gift of gap?
1: Yeah, I talk a lot like my mom and interesting enough, like I never really had a friendship with my dad. He was very stern with me and now he's a little bit loose and he plays around with me sometimes. Um, But as a kid, it was always like I got the strict parents and whenever I saw him interact with whether it would be like a bank teller or a friend that he had, everybody loved my dad. He was the silly person. He was the one that um, got into people's faces and talked to them. And he never, he, as a, at a young age, he actually had me go up to girls, of course, because he was a single person and he had me, he used me as a tool to, to chase tail. He would have me at three, two, three years old say, hello, my name is, my name is Nate. What's your name? How can I, can I call you? Like, and I would say these things, not knowing what they meant, but I, he taught me to never fear to, to never fear to talk to anybody, be fearless when it comes to approaching them. Shake their hand, make eye contact, and that's something that I genuinely appreciate my dad for having because his ability to approach literally anybody and just have conversations with them is unmatched. He just had it's either a lack of awareness or it's just such bold confidence, and I'd like to believe it's the bold confidence. <laughs> but my dad's ability to just I t- we brought he came to Texas and he just like. We'd we'd go out, we'd lose him. Next thing you know, he's like talking to some random stranger. And uh, I just I feel like even though my dad never showed me that, like, as like, hey, this is how you do it, watching him and modeling him, I definitely was able to take those parts and be like, it was almost a, a form of jealousy. Like, I wish my dad was like that with me. But then mm-hmm. now I have the ability to do that same thing with other people. And my mom is also a very smart, very intellectual, very well-spoken person. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also her humor is very like I've I've fallen and injured myself very terribly and it almost made her piss herself because she was laughing so hard. So that was my mom. It's there's like, actually
0: there's actually a German word for that. And it's called Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude is when you take pleasure in someone else's pain. Oh, yeah.
1: That's her. That's her. I uh, my, One of my favorite stories was uh, since I was a fat kid, I didn't fit in kid costumes. I had to wear adult-sized costumes because that's how large I was. And I was a whoopee cushion for Halloween one year. And I was this <laughs> giant, giant pink whoopee cushion, right? And I was so excited to go trick-or-treating that I ran down this hill that my where my aunt lived. And I like, I swear to God, I was, I was this wide and my head was right in the middle of the costume. And as I was running down, I fell flat and slid down the hill. I fell so hard. Other parents ran to me to like help me. My mother was too busy laughing in the middle of the street.
0: I am, I'm cracking up over here because I can only imagine. I have this whole movie in my head now because I am like your mother. I take. Um, I am, I'm, um, I'm prone to schadenfreude. (laughs) And so I have one more question around this story. Sure. Did it make sounds?
1: (laughs) Oh, no. So I bought a whoopee cushion and had it underneath the costume. So that way, anytime, anytime somebody would hug me or touch me, I would, it would let out the fart noise. (laughs) And then I fell so hard that I ripped it.
0: Oh, you ripped the whoopee cushion.
1: so so like the benefit of having a mother like this is that you develop the thickest of skin. <laughs> so like when people come at me and say things or judge me or criticize me it's I almost laugh because I'm like there's nothing you could say to me that my mother hasn't said or worse and her favorite line is you're going to therapy anyway I'm just giving you something to talk about. <laughs>
0: is that the reason i mean because it, it, it's a big stretch right you're you're you, you do corporate trainings you go and 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 help other individuals to be better in their business in in a corporate setting mm-hmm. um and then on the flip side you're a podcaster right Carponatum is your is your podcast and yes. i want to hear about for everyone else that's watching, you know, they're probably leaning in and going, now I want to know what carponatum means, because we all know what carpadium means, right? Like seize the day, right? Yeah. Um, and then on on top of that, you're also a comedian. Yes. And you just had, was it a one year anniversary?
1: Yeah, I just celebrated my one year anniversary in comedy.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations. So carponatum, what is it?
1: So carponatum, um, or as your husband properly pronounces it. It's Carpa Natum. But because yeah. my name is Nate, I was like, oh, this is perfect for me. It means seize the butt cheeks. So like <laughs> Carpa diem is seize the day, Carpa Noctum is seize the night, and then carpanatum Natum is seize the cheeks. <laughs> and I genuinely believe that if one were to focus their energy the same way they focus their energy when they're chasing tail, if they were to apply that same energy in their business, in their projects, in life in general, they would get so much more done. So my whole thing is I am, I know my purpose is to uplift, inspire, and educate. And I love doing that with my, the knowledge that I have, my creativity, as well as my humor because yes, all these personal development books are wonderful. All these things uh, are are designed to make you feel better. But it almost seems like it's so serious. And you have to take everything so serious. And I'm like, I don't think you have to I think you can laugh up the mountain. Like if you're struggling, there's no reason for you not to smile while struggling. It makes it makes the trip and the journey feel so much better. So with the podcast itself, I love interviewing very interesting people. I get to pick their brains such like you, You're with your episode coming out tomorrow, uh, my editor said that it was one of the best episodes that I've ever recorded. He loves that episode. Um, And uh, and when I do solo episodes, I'm basically just breaking down thoughts and ideas um, that I've learned through personal development, through books that I'm currently reading and just disseminating information that I believe is useful for others. To better apply it in my life and to better understand it, I do my best to teach it through the medium of a podcast.
0: And I love what you said. And I hope that everyone took note of that. And that is not take yourself too serious. And that you can even through something like, you know, seize the, the cheeks, seize the butt cheeks, that uh, what did you say? We, you know, if, if you put as much energy in in chasing tails, you can also apply the same yeah. concept. That's a success but- pattern.
1: It is a success pattern, and something that I've that a story that I tell is just like if imagine a scenario where you are just so busy, and that's probably not even hard to imagine because you probably are so busy, and you're so um, you got so many projects going on, you have all these things, and people invite you out, and you're like, I can't go out, you know how busy I am, and then one day. By chance, you meet somebody that hits all of your markers and they're interested in you. And then they ask you, are you free tonight? And all of a sudden you move mountains in order to see them. Mm. When you are in love, when you are chasing tail, tail, uh, when you are in that mode of seeking, you know, romantic companionship, whether it be uh, platonic, sexual, doesn't matter whatever label you put on it, when, that same energy to then move your tremendously busy schedule that you wouldn't move or budge for anyone else you then do this for the person that you are interested in if you take that same energy and all it is is energy and apply it to your business your projects the the little mundane things that you do it just seems like life is just a little bit fun a little bit more fun and you can achieve so much more because you're doing it from a place of love, from a place of like this high, pure energy.
0: Mm. It, it seems purposeful, right? There's a, there's a specific purpose there and plugging into that purpose and, and knowing where does that lie, right? It's, and, and I love that you bring that comparison of those two almost polar opposites. Well, they are polar opposites
1: I mean so in, in a way because like I I feel like I spent a lot of time chasing tail and it was like a waste of time because it it had no purpose I was basically just looking for like hookups I was big into the hookup culture I was a musician I was a rock star so like I was obviously doing these things and then it came to a point where I was like why am I doing all these behaviors and I realized that these behaviors that I was exhibiting were because I wanted to get in good with my dad because him and I never connected on anything. So like the one thing that we could connect on is me involving myself in hookup culture because then he could be like, that's my son. And that's that the weirdness of my dad. I love my dad, but he's he's very machismo. And then it came to a realization after years of doing this, it just led to insecurities. It led to depressions. It led to these feelings of uh, of like ego. So I realized that if I were to take that same energy and hone it into something more productive and more constructive, the things around me that I could build, it's just unimaginable. And I am now a domesticated dog. <laughs> I have I uh you know, I was Are a, you really though? I I felt like I was. I felt like I was a stray animal picking through garbage and my wife like fed me so that she could pet me and then took me inside and put a collar on and then bathed me, and now I'm an indoor dog. Like <laughs> The person I was three years ago is so different than the person I am now. And because I have someone to focus my attention on, because I'm not chasing tail, I still have all this energy and all this momentum. What can I do to better serve others? What can I do to better serve myself? So first, I had to take care of myself, my surroundings, everything that I was working on. I was working from a place of a negative, right? I had, mm-hmm. I was sleeping at my car When one point. I had my account in the negative. I couldn't even afford food. Like my account was so in the red that I couldn't even overcharge it to buy food. Like that's how terrible my life had gotten to a point. And because I had somebody that adored me and treated me so amazingly and kept me centered and grounded, I was able to build everything that we have around us now. And I'm so grateful and fortunate for all the opportunities that I've been given and all the things that I have now. But I really have to give credit to my wife who helped me stay grounded, build a solid foundation that wasn't built in, built on ego or it was in, built in, in the space of just like, I'm just going to tear it down anyway. Like I'm now building a castle so I can build a kingdom, so I can build a legacy compared to before I was building sandcastles. And yeah, mm-hmm. they may have been impressive, but they were kicked over as soon as the tide came in.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you say, this is also fascinating, you have for the the young years that you're in sound I sound horribly old when I say that Um, what would you say is like the overarching pattern or trend of all of the things that you do the gift of gab the podcast the training uh, the corporate trainings the comedian the you you said you're being you, you were a rock star you know all of those things what would you say is like a the overall.
1: Yeah. Sure. It just comes from a place of wanting to be the center of attention. I was an only child. So my need for external validation is tremendously high. And I use that to my advantage. So when I do something like corporate training, or when I do something like a comedy or when I do something like music, it all comes from the same place. I want to inspire, uplift, or educate in some way or capacity. So if I don't do all three, I at least do one, right? All the lyrics that I wrote were in a way trying to encourage and push up others or to push away from all the negatives. Any comedy that I do, I'm seeking external validation, but I'm doing it for the point of making somebody laugh. I'm trying to rile somebody up. I'm trying to like just get somebody to to giggle and to smile and to like think silly thoughts. I'm not trying to start any controversies or come from a place of hate. I just want to make others smile. And because that makes me smile, because I can make myself giggle. I make myself laugh all the time. But to make others laugh and to make others smile, it makes me feel so good. And I do that in my trainings. I do that in my comedy. I do that in so many, in so many different ways. Do I always hit the mark? No, right. I'm not perfect. Perfect is impossible, but I bring my best and I do my best every time. And that's as much as I can give. And that's as much as I'm willing to give every single time.
0: So, so because I am so removed and I'm listening to you, there is a pattern within that pattern. And that is, again, you took something that could be viewed as egocentric. You're doing it, you know, for your own satisfaction, Mm -hmm. Um, but you've turned it around. So you, you're aware that that's what's driving you and you turn it around and you made it where, it where other people are gaining, where you're inspiring them. But you're using that energy that's driving you mm-hmm. to, to move that machine forward, to inspire uh, others.
1: Absolutely. And at, a, at the core of it, I believe that I'm truly selfish. Where everything that I'm doing, even the podcast itself, it's my journey of self-mastery. It's my journey of self-discovery and and education. I'm doing it selfishly to better myself. If I happen to help someone else along the way, which is totally my intention, it's more of like a sprinkle on the Sunday than than it is like the main course. I love the fact that people listen to my podcast and tell me that they resonate with the message. I love the fact that people tell me that my trainings are fantastic or that they loved my music or I love I hearing all of it. At the end of the day, I was thinking like, oh, okay, that's great. I did it for me. I did it because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and also to prove to the naysayers that I could. I just do it in a way that I can also, it, it overflows and spills over to others in a way that isn't destructive. Because the last thing I would wanna do is leave a conversation or leave an interaction where I left someone feeling worse off than before they met me.
0: I see you, I hear you, I feel you because I know you. And even if I would have not known you, like Brian just said, I love his authenticity. And I agree with him, right? That what is there not to love about Nathan? The first time I met you, I, 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 I had such a genuine and, 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 and well, I don't know if it was motherly. Love. It was just love, right? Yeah. And it's easy to give that to you. You make it very easy. Thank you. How do people follow you? How do they hear and see more of you and what you're doing, your podcast, your com- comedy stuff and, and everything else.
1: So I'm on all platforms at Carponatum114. It's C-A-R-P-E-N-A-T-E-M 114. And you can even find that as a website, not 114com where we have links to resources. We have all the podcast episodes live. You can find me on basically everywhere that you can stream a podcast. Just type in Carponatum. Um, I'm pretty much the first thing that comes up. If I'm not a, if it's not a playlist, I'm the first podcast that comes up. And uh, that's pretty much where you can find me now. The projects that I'm working on as I'm trying to develop a, or I'm currently in the process of developing like a coaching program, as well as um, just doing my best to get on more podcasts and talk to more interesting people. So I am truly honored to have been a guest on the success patterns show, and to have another conversation with you is a treat in of, in of itself.
0: I I uh, I thank you for that, and I can only give it back. It's always a beautiful back and forth, and I I learn every time I talk to you. I learn, and I appreciate how you view life and how you have been working on your on your inner work, and it sh- truly shows how it shows up in the outer. As I shared with everyone that's watching, and thank you for your comments. Thank you for your interactions. Um, I said that I have a gift for you. So go ahead and get your gift. bit.ly slash center of NLP bit.ly slash center of NLP is your gift It is the success patterns laws that you can uh, get right now. And that is my gift to you. That was also the gift that I gave to Nate's uh, folks that when we had our podcast or the podcast coming out tomorrow, because we recorded it. So go ahead and get your gift now get with Nate. Uh, Nate said one more time, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at Carponatum 114 across all socials. And we also do have a Facebook group called at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash carponatum without the 114. Uh, But on all socials, it's Carponatum114. And I thank everyone who follows me on this journey. And I I genuinely hope that the things that I do and say, put a little pep in your step and make your day just a little better.
0: Put a little pep in your step. Nate, thanks for being here. Guys, next week, Tuesday, same time, same place, tune in again. Nate, lots of love to you and your wife. Thanks for being here. This was The Success Pattern Show. Ciao, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitta Hoofelet.